Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello, everyone, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. I'm your host, and I'm excited to have as my guest today, Nick Luisi. Nick's been a salesperson, a sales leader, a successful entrepreneur, a marketing and sales executive, a President's Club winner, a speaker and author, and recently the Vice President of Sales, President and Chief Revenue Officer with a company focused on helping small to mid-sized businesses improve their marketing and sales processes systems, and playbooks. His passion is and has always been helping entrepreneurs, businesses, and professional practices market and sell better, faster, and more efficiently to help owners improve profitability and valuations. Nick achieves this by building integrated sales and marketing processes and systems with a focus on lifetime customer value. Through his work, he has remapped the sales process and marketing processes, created playbooks, and introduced new business development plans focused on putting the right strategies and people in place to drive revenue, sales, and customer retention for companies ranging from 1 million to Fortune 100 companies. Nick's success is driven by being a salesperson first and foremost. He approaches all problems and opportunities through the lens of how to acquire more customers, sell more to them at higher prices, and get them to come back for life. While others talk about this, Nick has actually done it continues to do it, and works on creating processes and systems so others can replicate this in their businesses. He's an author and co-author of many books on sales and marketing, a sought-after speaker, the creator of the educational course Sales Mastery, How to Create a High-Impact high Sales Team, and was the co-presenter of the Sales Boot Camp and Marketing Boot Camp focused on helping small to mid-sized businesses sell and market better. He's also been an adjunct professor of marketing at North Park University in Chicago and at the Computer Science Institute. Nick brings his passion for sales, marketing, small business, and entrepreneurship to his work every day. Welcome, Nick Luisi, to the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Oh, my gracious. What That's too long of an intro. You could probably tell me how to shorten that up. I mean, I don't think we have any time left. I, I apologize <laughs> in advance to your audience for having to sit through that. My right, gracious, well, I need to take a red pen to that when this is over. But All right, so there's, th there's a lesson there that we could talk about first and foremost for speakers. So an, an, inter an introduction is a critical part of going up before any stage to set the, the scene, so to speak, for the attendees. So you feel that this is way too long. So... 
what is your recommendation, Nick, for a, a new speaker as to the proper A format and the proper length of an introduction? Well, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be long enough that it puts the audience to sleep, right? Uh, I think it has to pithily tell the audience what value they're going to get, what's your value prop, right? What what do you bring to the stage? How is their life going to be any different? If you could get the MC or the person that is hosting you to say, you know, I personally have worked with Nick or I know of Nick's work um, and the value that he brings to his customers, that's always helpful. Um, you know, I, I, I think you're the expert, right? So I'm just listening to that. And I remember my MC days and my speaking days, and that'd be a long one to be reading. You, you, you did a great job. Uh, you kept your energy up, but, uh, you know, I think a minute or two, uh, that kind of set the stage for the excitement of what people are going to do, uh, and what they're going to get and, you know, kind of what's the value prop to the audience. Yeah. I think that's certainly the most critical thing is what's in it for them. And, yeah. I do agree. This is probably a little long and, and, you know, given a little more time, we might've honed it down some, but it is what it is and we will forge ahead. So. And we learned, right. It was a teaching <laughs> moment, which is the most important thing. So your listener got three things. They know who I am. They know that I'm verbose and they know how to have a better one. So right off the bat, we're adding value to the lives of your listeners, which is the most important thing that we could do this morning. All right. There you go. So, all right. So let's talk about your speaking journey a little bit more, Nick. So, yeah. You've had a number of careers over the time. What were you doing the first time speaking became part of your marketing mix, so to say? Yeah, uh, uh, well, great question. And once again, Brett, thank you so much for having me on the show and and for all the work that you do of bringing you know, value to speakers' lives and helping them really understand the speaking business, because it is a business. So I started on the stage, um, quite frankly, as business development, right? Quite frankly, it was... Uh, how do I get people in the audience? I work with small to mid-sized businesses, always have worked with small to mid-sized businesses. How do I get them to say, yeah, I'd like to learn more about doing some business with that person. He seems to know what he is talking about. Uh, so I was able to fool them in a one hour presentation. Uh, and, you know, really, you know, the, the call to action was, hey, you know, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about how we could help your business, please come see me in the back of the room or come see me off to the side of the stage. A lot of the stages that I spoke on, especially in the beginning stages were small, the chamber of commerces, the local vistages, the local networking events, all of that. Um, and they were great. Uh, and, and, and I got business out of them and quite frankly, you hone your skill. So no stage is too small, no stage is too big. It is just, you know, kind of what value do you want to be? Um, it was in the beginning to build my marketing agency's business. So in 2006, I started my own uh, direct response marketing agency. Uh, and, you know, and so I would just go around and speak and it would be part of my business development, part of my lead generation. Um, and I was lucky enough to have some great people invite me back and back and back. Uh, and I hope I added value to customers' lives. Uh, right, so that you. has always been my goal and all that's all I do, right? I've never sold from the stage. Uh, you know, maybe I did a little bit at my work at GKIC when I was selling products and services or selling people into boot camps or selling people into coaching programs. But that was me being a W-2 employee from the stage selling into my company's products and services. I've never have sold into my own. All right. So you made the comment earlier, Nick, that no stage is too big or too small. But as you're as a speaker who is up and coming, how do you determine if a stage is the right stage for you to speak on? 
are there people in the audience that I want to do business with? Or are there people in the audience that could refer me to people that I could do business with? Or are there people in the audience that I could cultivate as my center of influence? Those are the three th questions that I ask myself. And so how are you cultivating the knowledge of who's in that audience? Because I find a lot of speakers are very weak at doing their homework ahead of time to determine if an event is the right fit for them. So are you yeah. calling the event promoter? What are you, how are you going about that? I think you have to, right? I think you're spot on. I think you call the event promoter. Uh, I think you call people that have spoken on the stage before. Uh, I think you go, I mean, the World Wide Web has so much information, right? So every event has a past website. So you could see who's there. You could see by the testimonial reel, if it's that type of event, if it's a local chamber, well, you know, right? You should know. If it's a local vistage, you should know, right? So I think, you know, it's just doing some due diligence versus just saying yes or no. Um, but just, you know, it, listen, the person that is inviting you to the stage wants to add value to the people who are attending. So they want to make sure that you are adding value. So you taking five to 10 minutes to have a really good conversation with them about who they are, who's in their audience, and how do I add value to them, it shows that you concern and it's professionalism. So I think that's the right way to go. So you mentioned that you've primarily been speaking as a business building exercise and you're not typically a platform seller. Have you ever done keynoting, Nick? Uh, well, you know, keynoting if on a big stage, no keynoting on a, on a, on a mid-sized stage, i.e. 500 people or less. Yes. Right. Where I've given a keynote presentation, or I've given a breakout session presentation. Yes. I've done that. All right. So as a business building speaker, how do you measure the success, both short-term and long-term of a particular speaking engagement? How many people am I adding to my list, right? So that's first and foremost, right? How many, how many conversations am I beginning to have a business development conversation with folks? Uh, are they re potential referral sources? What does that look like? So how many people am I engaging? The long-term thing is how much business am I writing, right? Did I write any business from that? Or did I cultivate referral sources, which I don't want to downplay the importance of that. Did I cultivate referral sources that are sending me business? And so that's the most important thing. In any business, especially the back end of the business, and we could talk a little bit about membership, it's all about the list, right? So the value of your business is how much can you put onto your list? How many people can you put on your list to build a relationship with over the course of time? And, you know, listen, I, I could always do it better. Uh, and, uh, you know, but that's the most important thing, I think. All right. So when you go into a, a speech, Nick, what are your top tips for success in terms of how to build rapport with that audience? Well, it goes back to what we just spoke about. I think you have to have a conversation with the person that's inviting you to the audience, right? They're inviting you to speak. You're 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 being welcome into somebody's home, i.e., their stage. And so, first and foremost, treat that with respect and dignity, right? I've seen I've seen speakers not, uh, and they'll never be invited again, right? Uh, and so that's the first and foremost. Ad, ask yourself, how can I add value? Ask the person, how can I add value? Maybe ask for a couple names so you can do some research on who's in the audience and try to figure where they're at, right? Um, and from there, the, you know, you're, you just you put yourself in a good state, put yourself in a good place, you know, whatever mantra or pre-speech you're going to do of saying how to make sure I'm adding value to these people's lives uh, because they're giving me their most precious asset, which is their attention. And their second is their time. So, you know, what can I do? 
So you've been on both sides of the stage, so to speak, the person on the stage speaking, sure. but also the person who's helped to put on events and, and decided who's going to be the speaker and all that. So when you're looking for speakers for an event, what are some of the things that you look at to determine, do I really want to have this person on my stage or not? Yeah, well, you know, will they treat my audience with respect and dignity, first and foremost, right? Or will they abuse my audience? Um, if they're selling from the stage, do they deliver value? And do they deliver what they say they're going to deliver, right? So that's the true north. Um, who else has had experience with them and what, what were their experiences, right? I had the ability to pick up the phone at GKIC and we could call everybody and say, hey, I'm thinking about this person. What do you know about them and how do they do at your event? Um, we always look at we're for, you know, original people or people that were actually doing it versus just people that like to talk about doing it because that was kind of our no BS mantra. People that are, at, and that's, you know, to my day till we are actually doing what we do. We actually do do sales. We actually do do sales sales management every day. We're just not talking about it. So that's the key. Um, I also, listen, I, I love giving opportunities, right? I love giving opportunities. I, I We gave an opportunity to a young lady who's taking the world by the storm and is doing phenomenal work now. Uh, and, you know, I still remember putting her in a breakout session or letting her speak at a boot camp, which is a much smaller event. And to me, watching them grow and prosper and but really, you know, really, they did the work. They did the hard work. Mm -hmm. We just gave them their first shot. All right. So in terms of general speaking success, Nick, for an up and coming speaker, what would you say the three biggest keys to being successful as a speaker would be? So first and foremost, uh, know your back end. Why are you doing this? Why are you wanting to be a speaker? What is it going to do? Uh, yes, there are some that live off of it and and live very, very well off of it, but you're not going to live off of it on your first day, right? So how do you build it and how do you grow it? It is the speaker's business. I learned that from Dan Kennedy uh, and to this day, it's still ringing, right? What are you going to do? What is the value that you're looking for? How can you add value to their lives? But what's well, the value to your business, uh, so that's the first and foremost. What do you, you know, what do you, what are you partaking? What are you giving the audience? What are you sharing with them so that their lives or their businesses or something is better? Um, and third and foremost is stories. Stories sell, right? From the first book that is the most important book, the Bible, it's all stories, parables, things of that nature. Never forget that. All right. So you mentioned earlier about GKIC, a membership site. So I want to dive into that a little bit more. Sure. Background in that arena. But before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to breadridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on Speaking Show. And my guest this week is Nick Luizzi. So, Nick, you mentioned, again, that you've been involved with GKIC and membership sites. And obviously, GKIC was one of the largest membership programs and still is, as far as I know, out there in the whole marketing world. So a lot of speakers certainly like to run membership sites or coaching programs or whatever. So 
give me, if you would, some maybe key success for running a successful membership site or membership program. Yeah, so there's key distinction, right? So coaching program and membership program, probably two different things. So let's focus on membership program. And first and foremost, you know, it's it's the back end, right? You know, the value that Bill and Dan, Bill Glazer, Dan Kennedy, two of the best in the business, two of the OGs, if we will, if you have a younger audience, you know, that that are in from that business, they built huge enterprise value, phenomenal lifestyles. It's the emulation of everybody in that business. And one is, you know, they built a membership organization and it really was an organization. Who do you stand for? Who do you against? Right. Who, you know, and so you, you know, kind of who, who is your organization for? Think of an association, if you will. So that's the first and foremost. Two is you have to have a level of respect and dignity for your members, right? That Dan instilled on the, that from day one, every time you got away from your true north or just wanted to sell them stuff or abuse them. Now you sell themselves, certainly, but the stuff has to add value, but do it with respect and dignity. Three is never underestimate how difficult it is. And they are always wanting what's new. You are fighting attention. It's the attention economy. It's been the attention economy. COVID accelerated that and it's not going away. So they always want to know what's new. So make sure, you know, kind of make sure you're adding value and new each and every, every month to them or quarter, whatever it is to them. And then the most important thing is build a community. It's all about a community. We all are tribal. We want to belong to tribes, whether it's a sports tribe or an alumni tribe or some level of tribe or a country club or a tennis club. We all want to be part of a tribe. Uh, and that will never go away because we're innate. It's it's built in us, right? We survived because we were part of a group. Uh, and that is still to this day. Stand for something, stand against something, have respect for your audience, add new things to them, add new value. And remember, it's about building a community. All right. So let's roll back around to the whole speaking thing. Sure. One of my, one of my favorite questions to ask my guests always, Nick, is, all right, time to bury your soul a little bit here, buddy, and, and maybe share a mistake that you made along the way during your speaking career that was uh, embarrassing at the time, but a valuable lesson was learned and something you advise others not to do. And you can also speak to this, Nick, from the from the standpoint of as an event promoter and being involved in events, and maybe a mistake you've seen other speakers make that would be a good lesson to share. Yeah, I'm going to use my own, right, because it's not fair to use others. Uh, and so, so I, I'm seeing, right. I, uh, I am seed a lot of our events at GKIC. It was, you know, it was, it was great. Uh, I watched some really, really good uh, MCs, uh, and I learned from them. Uh, so one of the things when I, especially when COVID was happening, we were doing virtual events and sometimes you were with a, maybe a studio group that wasn't that good. And so I, um, you know, hot mic, right? So realize when your mic is on, when your mic is off, right? So, <laughs> and, and don't step on the speaker that's maybe getting satellite in. So that's one of the most important lessons, right? And I learned the hard way, right? Because of the fact that they weren't that competent, or maybe the guy that was doing the audio was high, who, and it is what it is, but you know, they couldn't get the mic off, right? So you stepped over or spoke over, or something was wrong with the other person's sound. And I'm like, you know, that, that sounds horrible, right? And so, 
you know, you're revved up when you're speaking, you've got adrenaline going through your body, especially when you're emceeing, because you got to get the crowd going and realizing that your mic is hot. So just learn the pause, learn to cover it, learn to turn it off before you speak. So that's the biggest mistake and error that I made. Two is humor's difficult, right? And so you got to try humor because it gets boring, especially if it's a three-day event or a two-and-a-half-day event and they're sitting. But humor's difficult. And so, you know, you, you always try jokes. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Uh, but, you know, I, as long as you know, it, it's never off-color or it's never in malice, I think people will forgive you. Um, so those are the two that I've learned uh, the hard way. Um, I was gracious that the people that were hiring me, you know, um, you know, were realizing that, you know, it's we're, it's a new world at the time. This was during COVID, you know, virtual events were new. Studios were not the best. Right. You know, so everybody was just trying to get through it. All right. So I want to give you a few minutes, Nick, to tell people a little bit more about what it is that you specifically do now. I understand you have something you can offer people a freebie that I want you to mention. And, and how can people get involved in your world if they so choose? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, first off, thank you for that. And second off, uh, you know, listen, I love speakers. Everybody, I think, has a, has a story in them, has a speech in them. Uh, everybody has gone through difficulties that we under um, un underplay. But if we share that with the world, somebody else in that audience may be struggling with that. And I think that will help, right? And that's how we as a society get better. And as right now as a society, I think we could do a little bit better, right? So that's first and foremost. So Brett, Brett thank you for what you're doing for speakers. Um, yeah, so I run a company that's called Sales Performance Team. It's an offshoot of a lot of the work that we did at uh, GKIC. Uh, and it's really helping business owners on their sales side of their sales processes. So they could bring us in and we could do a complete reconstruct of their sales process. We could do a reconstruct of their sales team, really put you know measures in place, KPIs in place, running it on a metric driven thing, coaching salespeople. It's been my passion. Um, I, I, I grew up carrying a bag. I started selling right out of college. I've been doing it ever since, did some stints in marketing. Uh, and then when I was growing my company, the ex I had to grow beyond me being able to sell. So I went out and hired sales people uh, and had to get really good at managing them. And most entrepreneurs are not good at that. Uh, because of the fact that, you know, they just, you know, they intuitively do it themselves and it's hard for them to articulate how to do it. So you could visit us at salesperformanceteam.com, salesperformanceteam.com. You could uh, opt in uh, for my free book. You could opt in for our newsletter. Um, and if you, we are offering an audit, right? So we'll, we have a, we're part of a mastermind of about 90 other sales leaders and we've created a best uh, practice platform. And so we audit sales processes and sales teams. And so just go to salesperformanceteam.com forward slash audit. Once again, it's salesperformanceteam forward slash audit. We sell it for 500 on the street. We're giving it to your audience away for free. Uh, and then we will do a debrief on it and give them about 10 action steps that they could put in place to get their sales to the next level. Oh, awesome. So thank you so much for that, Nick. So any final words of wisdom for our listeners before we wrap up this episode? The words you use matter. The speech you're going to give is important to somebody in that audience. Carry that as your guiding light every day. All right. Well, very good. Well, my sincere thanks to you, Nick, for being my guest on this episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show. As always, my listeners out there, thank you so much for joining me. 
If you haven't been over to SpotIslandSpeaking.com, by all means, do so and register with your favorite service to be notified of upcoming episodes. And as always, I wish you the greatest of success in all that you do. And may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at SpotlightOnSpeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.